Yes, sir, we promised you a great many men here tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the world's number one sports and recreation podcast, Cheap Heat. My name is Peter Rosenberg. I am down in Washington, D.C. In Philadelphia, we have the physically large SGG. SGG? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then... I'm excited to be trying out this new system, too. Yes, and connecting us all in Bristol, Connecticut, is producer Kyrie. What's up, Kyrie? Hey, what's up, fellas? We are, we are, this is coming together like a radio show here. Look at this. <laughs> yeah. Um, a lot to get to as we head towards Survivor Series and also big, big shout out to Dollar Shave Club. They have everything that you need to look, feel, and smell your best. Also, you never have to go to a store. Um, DSC delivers everything right to your door and they keep it fully, fully stocked on what I use so it never runs out. Here's how it works. Head over to Dollar Shave Club right now, okay? Super duper easy. Um, for example, love their toothpaste. Amazing toothpaste. Fresh, whitening, refreshing, delightful. Head over there right now, dollarshaveclub.com and, uh, slash heat. Dollarshaveclub.com slash heat. And they will take care of you. They have a bunch of different starter sets you can choose for just $5, like that oral care kit. After that, uh, the restock box ships regular size products at regular price. So what are you waiting for? Get that starter set today. Check it out, dollarshaveclub.com slash heat. So SGG, how are you? I'm doing great. I really am. How you doing, P? I'm all right. Can you, um, can you fill us in on things happening outside the wrestling ring? So... Um, Bill After reported on Tuesday that Jose Lothario passed away at 83 years old. Yeah. Yeah. He spent uh, most of his career in the NWA and, um, he's even an NWA Hall of Famer, I learned. But, um, but yeah, like me, I think most people will remember him from, uh, that run in 96 with Shawn Michaels and his role in helping the boyhood dream come true. Now, were you anti Lothario for this exact reason? Um, no, I actually liked Jose Lothario. Got it. You didn't you didn't drag your Brett Sean thing into it. No, no, he he had nothing to do with it. You, well, I mean, he had everything to do with it. He he coached the boyhood dream. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Sean had to execute the plan, and then you know, Sean executed it his way. He put the plan in motion, but the way Sean executed it changed everything. It was all in Sean's hands from there. Yeah, but I know uh, Lothario is considered to be a, a true old school great. So rest in peace, Jose Lothario. What else? Yeah, and um, it was it was reported on Fightful dot com that Raw now has an, a hard out time of eleven p.m. So it's going to go off the air allegedly right at eleven starting this Monday. No more overrun. No more eleven seventeen, eleven oh four. It's going off the air at 11. And which is interesting because it feels like it generally averages a good 10, 12 minutes over 11. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And like, you never know when it's gonna, when it's gonna end for that exact same reason. Like 11 o'clock will come and it'll show the bumper that lets us know we're going into a new hour and then it ends when it ends after that. But, um, yeah, apparently that's gonna be no more. They're going, 
they're going off the air at 11. So it'll be a tight three hours for Raw. Was there any indication as to why? No, I didn't read any indication as to why. Just, uh, just that it would be happening. And I, I mean, you know, in reports that I've been reading around about this, I guess people were saying that the extra overrun wasn't needed anyway, just because of how we got it, you know, through the, through Nitro and them having to compete with the uh, turn of time and going off the air like that. They got the extra time to compete with WCW. So they made sure that people didn't change the channel, but you know, with WCW being gone for almost two decades now, there's no need for that extra, that extra buffer time at the end. And I would imagine that for USA, it's just annoying. It has to be just complicated to figure out, you know, how to schedule afterwards and what you do with commercials. And, you know, it just, it can't be ideal for other programming. So, well, listen, never wanted Raw shorter. Uh-huh. You're slightly shorter. Yeah. It's a win-win for everybody else, right? WWE doesn't have to go back to two hours, but Raw is shorter. Um, what else? Seems you- like the compromise. And um, that was all I had on news and rumors. But I, I am curious, though, about Alexa Bliss. It's not really any outside of the ring news. I haven't heard anything. But just like, what do you what do you make of her less? And the, I feel like they did like a soft audition for her as a general manager on uh, on Monday. Yeah, you know, I I, I, I thought about that too. Um. It certainly has become clear that the injury is extended um, and that she's out for a while. It is an interesting thought, though, because, I mean, originally I think it was like, oh, she was going to have a match still at at Evolution. Then it became a tag match. Then she was out of the match. Now she's out of Survivor Series. So I, I really hope it's not like extended, extended. But I know a lot of people were reading into the line that she said, I could get used to this. Yeah, that's what made me perk up a little bit and like, hmm, is there more to this? That would be a real bummer, man. That would be a bummer to have her on the shelf for that long, for either a super extended amount of time or no one even knowing how long the extended amount of time is. So um, what are, what are people speculating? Um, yeah, people are speculating exactly that, that, uh, she's injured and this is a way to continue to use her and like move her into a different role while she, while she gets healthy. But I mean, that's the thing too, right? If she, if she's eased into this managerial role, it'll raise the red flags for everybody that this injury is more serious than it is. And I mean, I honestly haven't heard anything about the injury other than that she is injured. So the more they keep her out of the ring, I guess the more just fuel speculation. I did also read in multiple places this week about Braun having problems backstage. Do you read about that? I did, but I don't know what, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Like the New York post even had an article, a couple places. I think Mike Johnson, a few different places wrote that, one of the reasons maybe Braun did not get the title and Brock did is that Braun is having his share of issues 
figuring out etiquette backstage, which is not something I ever knew about um, or witnessed myself, but it is interesting because you would have thought that this push would have been completely on at this point. And when you think about it, there has been some level of sort of hovering. But but that being the reason feels so odd to me that like he just can't get it or he doesn't get it. It's like I don't know. I I, don't, I find that so hard to believe that that. I mean, I could see that being a thing that holds people back for sure. But um, for that being a thing that's holding Braun back, I don't know. Like. I mean, if you're – listen, I've never known him to be anything but cool. But if, in fact, he's being not cool and is thought of as being not cool universally, late, not thoughtful, just doesn't have it together, I that, that can definitely affect even the most over person. Yeah, but, I mean, I think about it. It's Braun, right? Like, look who he's been around since since the beginning, right? Mark Henry discovered him, brought him to the company. Mark Henry's like big on that locker room etiquette, respecting the veterans, doing certain things out of respect for the business. Immediately from being discovered by Mark Henry, he gets, you know, trained and ready to go and packaged in with Bray Wyatt, third generation superstar who probably has the same values when it comes to respecting the business you know, locker room etiquette, certain things that they would pass on to this person in their faction. And then when he's broken away from Bray Wyatt, he goes into a program with Roman Reigns, who's the locker room leader. I have a, I find it hard to believe that at no point would any of those people have seen these things and just been like, tighten up a little bit. You know what I mean? It's a great this point. Is what Greg. you need to be doing. No, that's an, it's a great point, but it is also interesting. Um, well, well said. So uh, where do you want to start this week? What do you find? I mean, listen, we could always spend every week talking about the brilliance of Becky Lynch. Um, but what for you this week is is the main thing to discuss? I, 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 you know, you say the brilliance of Becky Lynch, and I, I feel like I could flip that into you know the brilliance of Baron Corbin from this Monday. I, I didn't. I enjoyed him more this Monday than I think I ever did. Um, seeing him on the run from Braun Strowman. Um just hiding out in different parts of the arena, I thought was hilarious. And especially that interview with Charlie where she um, she goes, yeah, you're not afraid of him, but you're hiding in a storage room. He's like, Charlie, you just told the whole world where we are. And not even two seconds after that sentence gets out of his mouth, Braun Strowman's banging down the door. Um, he escapes, but it was still, to me, funny to see him carry so many different segments Throughout Raw, yeah, I on thought the it mic was a, too. He didn't even wrestle. I thought it was a good way to utilize him too. I know people have mixed thoughts on on Baron Corbin and you know the position that he plays on Raw, but I agree with you. I thought it was pretty funny, um, and that was a good way to sort of spin the character. Maybe maybe this episode's titled "The Brilliance of Baron." I mean, who knows? The Baron of Brilliance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, we could go either way with it, but yeah, I really enjoyed him, him on Monday, and and I also enjoyed seeing AOP become tag team champions. I, I really like them as a team. 
I know people were worried that they were floundering because they weren't immediately inserted into the title picture, but, um, you know, we're here now and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, sometimes people overestimate the importance of being thrown right into the title picture as opposed to, like, developing a little something. And this is a way that they get the titles that make sense and now they can protect them. Um, so I think it ends up working out just fine uh, for AOP, even though I still miss Paul Ellering, even though my guy Maverick's on point. Yeah, I love how Maverick is, is like, taking credit for them becoming tag team champions, too, like, why wouldn't any? Why wouldn't that have been the plan with or without him? Like to go for the the titles. You don't understand his brilliance, Greg. That's the problem. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I need to pay more attention. All right. What other big takeaways from Raw in particular? Um, you know, Nia and Tamina too. If if they're gonna do women's tag championships eventually, um. I was waiting for them to team up anyway. And now that they have, I feel comfortable in saying that that would be the team to be even more so than um, Sasha Bailey or the Riot Squad, any combination of those members. I feel like Nia and Tamina would be unstoppable. Do people still think the women's titles thing is going to happen? Because I know a lot of people expected it would happen in Evolution. I think I think so, and I think I think what it, I think it will happen maybe next year if they do another all female pay per view. I think it'll happen for that one. Um, just because I feel like first of all they have to get the titles designed and made. I know that might take some time, but also you know they have to build that interest. It's not enough that you know we on the podcast and online speculate they want it to like be bubbling with the general fan base and then finally pull that move of like you know we've been listening to the fans we've heard you you demanded this here it is yeah and it does take the division actually existing um i mean there've always been tag matches but that's not the same as necessarily feeling like a division and it does feel like step by step we're kind of going that direction which is positive yeah. And the other thing too with with uh women's tag titles is do you do a SmackDown women's tag title and a Raw women's tag title? Do you do one like the Cruiserweight Championships, you know? There's a lot to, a lot to figure out. Because then, you know, another two titles then the scene gets crowded and then you really have to start thinking about one world champ, one tag team champ, one women's champ, one women's tag team champ, you know? Like because double everything is just gonna it's gonna be a lot, especially on a co branded pay per view. You don't want champions to get left off the pay per view. Uh, I mean, and they absolutely would. I mean, the amount of titles you have, yeah, there, that means you have a total of four women's championships. Yep. In addition to the other, whatever there are, six or seven men's championships. Yeah, I think it's seven, right? Because you got the WWE, the Universal. The two tag team titles, that's four right there. USIC is six. And then the Cruiserweight, which that's sometimes seven. it gets loved, sometimes it don't. So, yeah, that's four women's titles on top of the seven. And that's just main roster. Like, when when Mania Weekend rolled around, like, it gets, a lot of, it gets crazy. Yeah, which is both cool because it gives the people the opportunity to elevate and be seen as champions and also – 
naturally diminishes the importance of championships. There's just no way around it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause like, you, you, it becomes like a one and one a thing, you know, like I'm the WWE champ, even Survivor Series, we see it right now, you know, AJ's the WWE champion, but that means he's the best on Tuesdays. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Brock is the best on Mondays. And like, who's the best really though? You know? Speaking of which, are you, what level of excitement do you have for Brock and AJ? Um, you know, the last one was a lot of fun. And I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm very excited about, about this one. Are you more excited? I think for they that did a really good job. Or Becky Rhonda? Becky Rhonda, just because it's new and Becky's hot right now. I think, I don't think anybody in the company is like in argue, like there's nobody hotter than Becky right now in the company. Uh, male, female, SmackDown, Raw, NXT. 205 Live, nobody. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I wonder if Becky Ronda could main event Survivor Series. I mean, they definitely could. And when they you think about how popular, they bring everything to the table. You think about how popular Becky is, and you think about the way Ronda's positioned, it certainly wouldn't be outrageous. No, not at all. Not at all. And, uh, and like I was going to say, they bring everything to the table that you get from AJ Brock, except like this is a one, Becky's hotter than everybody. And two, this is a fresh matchup. This isn't a rematch, um, from last year's Survivor Series. You know who else brings but everything to the table? I feel like table? they would do the team. Who's that? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. Uh, Indochino. They bring everything. I'm talking about made-to-measure beautiful suits. This is the way to go, SGG. When you show up in that courtroom, you can't be wearing things off the rack. you got to get something perfect, measured, fitted. That's how they're doing it at Indochino right now. Super-duper easy. They're also getting into casual clothing as we speak, but they make the world's most exciting uh, made-to-measure menswear. Suits, shirts, Everything exactly to measure. Everyone loves the selection, the high-quality fabrics, the colors to choose from. You visit a stylist at the showroom, all right? Um, or you can measure yourself uh, online at Indochino.com. You choose the fabric inside and out. You choose the design customizations, and you get everything done. Now, this week, our listeners get any premium Indochino suit for $359 at Indochino.com when you enter the code HEAT at checkout. So if you've been thinking about trying to get a dope new suit, this is the way to do it. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit and free shipping. Indochino.com, promo code HEAT to get any premium suit for $359 plus shipping. Plus, like I said, they are getting into casual clothing as well. Amazing, amazing items all at Indochino. See, SGG? I thought you were going to say you were bringing it to the table. I was, I was hoping. Oh, no. Boy, I wish that show would come back. Me too. That would be, that would be my favorite thing to do. I would love to, to bring it to the table right now. So much to discuss. That show these was, days. was needed. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't understand that it, it was necessary. It was, it was hot. I, the people were talking. It was, it was the perfect show. It really was. Listen, you never know. You never know. Maybe they'll put us in like cartoon form and it'll be like camp, bring it to the table. <laughs> I would watch that. There you go. Um, 
what else SGG from this week that really struck you besides the fact that we will get to mailbag, black power rankings, et cetera? Well, you mentioned Becky Lynch and she had she had to deal with Nikki Cross this week, which um Yes, the emergence that was a debut that everybody everybody was waiting for. And I thought it came in a surprising way. I did too. I did too. And and I it, it's interesting because when um you know the Nikki Cross was compared to to Carmella in the way that you know Enzo, Enzo and Cass came up went to Raw and then Carmella came up way later and went to SmackDown completely separated away from them so it was it was going to be interesting to see what they were going to do with Nikki Cross anyway whether or not she was going to be with Sanity but now to see that you know Sanity that full strength fully reformed um and she's on SmackDown it things just got real interesting for I think the entire SmackDown roster I also just like it from a positioning standpoint. If you're going to debut someone, why not have them make an impression and lose to the champ? Yeah. Because there's no downside. I mean, yeah, not, not, not at all. Um, especially, it wasn't it wasn't a squash by any means, even though no. Becky did sort of dominate the match. Um, it really wasn't. And I think it served her character well, too, to to be in the armbar and then like smiling after the match is over, just like holding her arm clearly in pain, but clearly also enjoying, <laughs> enjoying yeah, clearly deranged. Yeah. yeah. I'm an, I'm a Nikki cross fan. I thought that was a pretty, that was a, a bonus moment. What about, uh, did you enjoy getting to see Ray and El Idolo? Yes. Um, match of the week, right? Has to be. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, it, I mean, you knew they were going to work well together. And I think this was the first time they ever wrestled each other, right? As far um, as I know. At least especially on WWE TV. But I don't think they ever were able to cross paths in, in Japan or in Mexico or anything like that. Um, but you just knew they were going to work so well together just because of the parallels with their upbringing and, you know, their wrestling styles. And it, it just came together. Really nicely. I I enjoyed sort of some of the uh, comedic stuff between Daniel Bryan and The Miz. I could see arguing that it's weird to have them close to each other and not fighting. Um, but again, you know, I've always been in favor of this being the long play, so I didn't mind it. I sort of thought it was fun. Yeah, I I didn't mind it either, and um. They have a goal, like, you know, Daniel Bryan, as much as he does want to punch Miz in the face, he's been demonstrated to be, you know, smarter than that and very goal-oriented um, in and outside of the ring, on and off WWE TV. So if his mind right now is on a victory at Survivor Series for his team, he he's shown that he would absolutely be willing to put that on the back burner for you know the greater good of his team and achieving his goal it's the whole premise of team hell no was how much they hated each other but that they had to work together to achieve something so i think for one month he could put his difference not even one month was a couple of weeks now um with survivor series being on the 18th speaking of he uh, could put his differences aside 
Speaking of Team Hell No, by the way, you made me think about Brothers of Destruction, and we didn't mention Triple H's surgery. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he was injured at um, Crown Jewel, torn pectoral muscle. Um, I didn't watch, but I, I read that he tore it pretty early in the match and then just kept on kept on with the match. Oh, Lord. Can you imagine? Now, yeah. does this, does this that, rule like, out... Does this rule out WrestleMania? Possibly, right? Because the you have to think that the that the um, recovery time on that is a few months, probably like five, six months. We're at like five months right now to WrestleMania, exactly. Hmm. Damn, that was quick. Yeah, I don't know. Months. See, I yeah, I just googled it right, and it says a grade one recovery takes a matter of days. Uh, you can return to training when the symptoms disappear. That's definitely out because he had the surgery. Um, it says grade two is a matter of approximately two to six weeks. Grade three completely tears. And requires surgery. I think that's the one. And I said that takes over six months. Over six? Yeah. Damn. So does that mean that we'll end up getting Randy Orton and Batista instead? I mean, maybe, maybe not, though. Because it's Triple H, man. Like, he, he's he been through this before. Um, same exact way to, what did he, tore a quad in the match and then finished it out. He let Jericho slap him in the walls of Jericho. So, I mean, I don't know. He's a, he's a beast in the gym with the training and everything like that. He has the best doctors, the best trainers. He could get back get back into it um, faster than the average guy. Maybe. We'll see. They could also just save the Batista thing for next year. I mean, listen, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think Hunter has a ton of years to delay. But I think he'd be around for another one no matter what. Yeah, I think he'd be around. I think we got him for at least till 2020, right? I would think so. I'll tell you what, though. That match at Crown Jewel, it was like it, – it was it was tough because I really felt that everyone looked older. And then Triple H was hurt, so he all of a sudden looked like the oldest version of himself. <laughs> Kane looked older yeah. than I thought he'd ever looked. Like it really dawned on me that Kane was truly of like of the age he is. Undertaker's been that way, and then Sean without the hat. I mean, forget it. Yeah, I read that too. I read that Sean moved um, about as good as he ever did, but just that the the visual of of the Baldy just made it look. That's the thing. It totally distorted. Good. It distorted the way you looked at it, no matter what. You know what's never distorted, Greg? What's that? The Black Power Rankings. Take us through on this big November week, the Black Power Rankings with SGG. And at number three is uh, is the New Day, just because they had a really great, really entertaining match with. Um, this week on SmackDown, 
Um, it was a lot of fun, and we know what they can all do, and they earned their way onto the SmackDown tag team, Survivor Series team, captained by the Usos. So for that match and for earning their right on that team, New Day's in at number three. In at number two Here we go. is Apollo Crews, who mm. since – since um, distancing himself from Titus O'Neil and Titus Worldwide, he's developed a bit of a new attitude, and he's been, he's become more successful. He just defeated a former WWE champion in, in Jinder Mahal. Um, so you have to believe that that bodes well for his success in the future. And in a number one, and I can't believe I'm, I'm saying this, but uh, it's our guy, Lashley. Lashley. Wow. Lashley. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying Bobby Lashley. Uh, he got a victory this week um, over the first ever Universal Champion, Finn Balor, and then walked into the Mixed Match Challenge and beat Finn Balor again, uh, but this time it was on the team of B&B. Um, Bobby Lashley along with Mickey James, country dominance. But yeah, uh, Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, ever since putting them together, um, it's like strapping a rocket to his back. Uh, sky's the limit for Bobby Lashley. You think other people feel that way, SGG? I, I just can't quite tell. I feel like, I feel like they do. I feel like they do. Um, and I, I, I feel like it's all credit due to Leo Rush. Um, because let's face it, you know, these two really are, they've elevated each other, right? Because Leo Rush, is a great performer, really great on the mic, but at the same time, Leo Rush was on 205 Live, which unfortunately, you know, a lot of people don't don't watch, and it's on the network. So bringing Leo, Leo Rush over to Monday nights um, gets him more exposure, puts him in front of a general audience, and then putting him with Lashley fills that one gap in Bobby Lashley's... Um, Arsenal, which is, you know, as good as he looks, as decent as he is on the mic, they haven't found a way to make him interesting. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it does, I think it is, it is fresh. I worry about it long term. I kind of inherently always worry about Lashley because we know of the physical skill, but character wise, can it hold up? But Leo is a great talent. Supposedly Vince is working like directly with Leo and is very interested in him. So, We'll see where it goes. Um, I certainly enjoy there being a new fold to Bobby Lashley. Now, SGG, if you're anything like me, you're a little intimidated by the idea of jumping into the stock market. But guess what? Robinhood is an investment app that lets you buy and sell stocks, okay? Um, options, cryptos, everything, all commission-free. It's a non-intimidating way if you're a stock market newcomer like I am, Okay. So there's no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, not Robinhood. They don't charge commission fees, okay? You could trade stocks and keep all of the profits. They make it super easy with easy-to-understand charts and uh, market data place. Um, super, super easy, and you can do all the trading right there on your cell phone. Plus, you can learn how to invest, build a portfolio, do all of that. All of these things that you maybe thought about because you know you need to do, be better with your money, but you've been intimidating. Uh, intimidated. Now, Robinhood is also giving our listeners a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio if you go to cheapheat.robinhood.com. That's cheapheat.robinhood.com, okay? 
It is a great place to get started, build your portfolio, trade stocks, all that. Cheapheat.robinhood.com. Greg, that is it for our sponsors for this week. My Lord, either we are doing really well or they just really are like, you know what? Let's put everything on that cheap heat. Who cares? Big money coming in, man. That's big money. So I hope. SGG, apparently we're, uh, apparently we are a big money property that has a lot of sponsors these days. Oh yeah, of course. They know where the, they know where the big bucks are. Yeah, the big bucks apparently is in the cheap heat audience. I did not even think about that. Um, but SGG, it is time. Next week we have a big show, the go home before survivor series. So we'll get to that. But right now it is time for a little thing we like to call mail. Peter, did you hear Michael Cole tell Renee Young to quote, enjoy herself as the new day came out? Hilarious. Keep up the great work. Jeffrey from Massachusetts. Apparently that was a crown jewel. I did not even see that. As much as I want to take full credit for anyone using the term enjoy yourself, I just don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I think you can. It's coming back. It's You made it make a comeback. You didn't invent the phrase. You didn't coin the phrase. But I mean, come on. Did the people next... care about each other as much until you started? It's a great point. The next email comes from Phil, and it stays on the topic of commentary. Mail. The big dog. Hey, SGG and, and guy who made the guy with the stats. Phil from Scotland here. The news of Roman Reigns' uh, leukemia is devastating, and he'll be dearly missed on Raw. Here's to a speedy recovery. What won't be missed is the one billion times per show when Michael Cole obnoxiously <laughs> screams, the big dog, in his goofy voice. Now, the real reason for this email is to prompt a big dog impression from Sweet Pete. Come on, you definitely have a Michael Cole impersonation in your repertoire to go along with your epic Vince and Trump impressions. Cheers and enjoy yourselves, Phil. <laughs> I do. as You, you can definitely do. Let's hear it. I, I was going to say, I probably do somewhere. I can't say, as you can hear from my voice today, today's the day. But at some point, I will give you a big dog impersonation. And I know a lot of people feel strongly about uh, big dog and boss time. Boss time. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know there are a lot of people who feel strongly. Um, all right, moving along. Let's go to Brian. Male. Gentlemen, I've heard Greg's disdain for the WWE running crown jewel and many other feelings, many other feeling the same. And while I'm not trying to say that it isn't justified and the killing of the journalist is horribly wrong. Why is WWE, why is WWE being singled out? Other American companies are doing business in Saudi Arabia. Um, are they being told to stop doing business there? Coca-Cola, Pepsi, are they being asked to sell products there? The WWE is a private business. Why are they being held to a different standard? Think about the storylines they've run and been critiqued for. But if a TV drama or movie was made with the same storyline, you don't hear the same critique. Curious to hear your opinion. It's a good, it's a good message from Brian. All right, so SGG, it's a, it's an interesting thought. What's your retort? Yeah, I think the two, there's, so he raised two issues, right? One is other companies aren't being told to stop doing business in Saudi Arabia. And I think it's because, you know, there's a direct line between, um, the Saudi Arabian government and WWE and then our government and people are already worried about, you know, other governments sort of having control over our political affairs. And so I think 
the Linda McMahon being in the White House definitely plays a part of it, even if it's something that nobody has said directly. And then with um, other TV dramas being able to do things in movies and television shows that WWE can't do in storylines is also partly because WWE only until like really recently has been blurring that line and bit, you know, between are we real? Are we fake? Are these things that actually happen? You know, now people are, seem to be more or less into, into the idea that not the idea, but you know, no knowledge of the fact that these are all storylines and these people are acting, but WWE blurring that line for a long time is what, kept people sort of skeptical about it made it look a little bit lowbrow um yeah i mean i do think they get wwe is in there is the connection with linda there is the fact that this deal is new and then i think there is the fact that wwe gets a harder time than other places i think those are all factors um jt writes us male hey sweet pete and sgg this week's discussion about Renee's reaction to Dean's turn got me thinking. Could they be the next Elizabeth and Savage? I feel like if done right, there's a strong enough heel run in Dean that can eventually lead to a redemption angle with Renee um, being the catalyst to bring Dean back to face territory for a massive baby face run. Love the show and enjoy yourself. JT, I love that. Highly doubt they do it, but I love it. Yeah, didn't didn't um, Elizabeth and Macho Man like didn't they break up in real life like right away? Is that and that's what caused the split? Um, no, I don't think the original split was no because the original split was kind of around um, Hogan. Yeah, I don't think they broke up at that point. I don't think they broke up till later. Okay, because I know there was a divorce in there that definitely caused some of the split, and not, I'm not ready to wish that. Not even I don't think I will ever be ready to wish that on Renee and Dean. No, no, and I don't expect that. Um, but no, I think that was later. Uh, it's a fun idea, though. Uh, Michael writes us, male. What are they doing? Just finished watching Crown Jewel. What are they thinking? They took a pretty cool idea, the best in the world tournament, and took a big steamy pile of poo on it with having Shane win. We all love Shane, but come on, son. Miz and Dolph would have been great for that tournament's final match. I just don't get it. Not to mention the squash of Braun. I guess my biggest problem with the squash of Braun is now we all know the path to WrestleMania of Braun winning the Rumble and meeting and beating Brock at Mania. A little annoying, but it is what it is, I guess. Enjoy yourself, Mike. Well, Mike, I think we figured out after SmackDown this week that the the steaming pile of poo on the tournament as you saw it was intentional. <laughs> right. Um, and that is clearly the reaction that Shane got on television. Yeah, that's exactly what they wanted. And I, I don't know what where they're going to go with Braun just yet. I think it might still be a little bit too early to tell as far as, you know, him winning the Rumble and then meeting and beating Brock at WrestleMania. But I will say this, though, like, let's not set our expectations on that because then when it doesn't happen, like, like if it happens like that, we'll say it's too predictable. And then if it doesn't happen... And people will be upset because they were so fixed on it happening. Yeah, I agree. I, I wouldn't get ahead of where you think the broad booking is going either. Joey writes us, mail. I got it. How the Lynch stole SmackDown. A few episodes late, <laughs> but here we are. 
<laughs> love you guys stay mage i love it joey that's awesome maybe we'll get there for christmas time yeah we got a whole letter that one in the pocket uh phil writes us hey guys i love the black power rankings but i think a great idea would be to have a segment called the black power moments every once in a while didn't we kind of do that uh yeah that instance, was last week for instance one of my favorite moments in wrestling history is when virgil finally turned on the million dollar man at the royal rumble 91 the crowd's reaction combined with Virgil's look of determination and Roddy Piper going nuts on commentary made that such a memorable moment to me. Phil. Um, I, yeah, I think we sort of uh, stumbled into that last week. Yeah, and it was received uh, really well, too, online. Um, a lot of people loved it, so that could definitely be a thing that we do a little bit more. Now, Greg, would you ever be willing to include Virgil in such conversations? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Virgil was pretty over. He was. And then, you know, shenan- late late career shenanigans made him like like he like now he's off the rails, but uh early nineties Virgil, up until when he popped up in the NWO as Vincent. It's something to appreciate there. Demetrius writes us. Long time listener, first time writing. Greetings, mage ones. First off, I want to say thank you guys because I've been listening since I was in high school and now I'm currently working on my master's degree and look forward to the podcast every week. Wow, that's crazy. I wanted to ask about the future Hall of Famers, but more importantly, future Black Power Ranking Hall of Famers, The New Day. They're already arguably one of the greatest WWE tag teams of all time, but are always mentioned in a tier below when it comes to stables and factions like NWO, The Shield, Four Horsemen, even DX Revolution. How can, would you book them to get to that level without changing what makes them great or having them break up, especially after they lost the titles. It's hard to see a three-man team keeping singles gold as a, as a group without turning them heel again. Also, when do you guys do 30 for 30 <laughs> on the disappearance of Fufu Shmashma? Stay mage and enjoy yourselves from an OG peckerhead. I, I don't agree that they're below the people you just mentioned. I, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some people who just, you know, will never put people with NWO or or DX, sure, if, if that's what your thing is. I do. I, I think the New Day is up there with anyone right now. Yeah, I, I do too. I think the New Day is definitely up there. And, you know, for me, if the New Day is able to get a couple of uh, couple of world titles under their belt, for me, they could pass um, st- other stables like, you know, the, the Shield, all those sacred stables that people don't want to touch, you know, DX, the Four Horsemen, NWO, like they just had too many members that were insignificant. And that's why the Shield to me is is the number one because the three of them didn't have anybody pushing them to the top and they all were world champions. They all did so many things. And if the New Day is able to rack up some world titles, especially if they can get one for Kofi and Big E, they'll go right up, right up there to number one or number two for me. All right, lastly, Dante writes us, Mail. The working punch. First, I have to thank you for introducing me to Mac Miller. I'm way late to that party. Anyways, the working punch. Your recipe is Mac Miller, by the way. The working punch is a huge part of pro wrestling. Who do you think has the best working punch now? And who had the best one back in the day? Uh, I'm sort of old school, I think he's trying to say. I think Macho Man is the best working punch ever. Chris Hero, a.k.a. Cassius Ono, has one of the best now. Thoughts? Be easy, enjoy yourself. I love Savage. Love yeah. Harley Race. Um, 
as I've told you guys, I like Hogan's actually. I love Bret Hart's. Um, SGG. Yeah, no, I think Macho Man, I'm going to agree with him. Macho Man is the best. Brett also had a good one too, though. Like, Brett's punch and that kick to the face, I feel like those are the two, because they, they looked so, they looked effective. They were supposed to look, like, damaging, and they really did look like he was, you know, beating the crap out of people. But I, I'm going to go with Savage. And what about right now? <sighs> right now, maybe Ambrose? I like Ambrose. What about Samoa Joe? Mm, yeah. I'm Samoa Joe. Think. You know who who's not in this conversation? Shane who's McMahon. That? Shane McMahon. No, no. Shane no, McMahon I, is not. Shane and punching, not a big fan. I will tell you, though, I did enjoy him being the heel, though. It, I do think it's the time. Like, he does appear like he could be really annoying and good as a heel right now. Yeah, we'll, it's it'll be annoying to have two heel GMs, um, both the McMahons, but um, but yeah, it it is the time, especially if he's going to be back. He can't come back and continue to do the same thing because he'll get stale eventually. And Stephanie's not always on TV anyway. You know, I see no, Shane she, being much more active. Um, SGG next week we'll do a big go home show for Survivor Series. You can always write us at RosenbergBeats at gmail dot com. Thank you to Kyrie again, as always. Kyrie, appreciate you, bro. Thank you, guys. Oh, yeah. And SGG, do me a favor and stay mage this week. And enjoy yourself, Pete.